Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to another Phoenix Concussion Recovery and Concussion Talk podcast. Today we wanted to talk about the importance of sleep and how to deal with chronic insomnia after a head injury. Uh, you can find us online at phoenixconcussionrecovery.com. You can find me at LZ Concussion on Twitter and you can find Nick at Concussion Talk on Twitter. So insomnia and TBI are really interesting because they both overlap on a lot of the symptoms and they can pile on top of each other. So if a patient had a brain injury and was having issues with cognitive function, was also having issues with mood, and then you pile insomnia on top of that, we can have even greater deficits of executive function, so our ability to think and make choices, our processing speeds, our memory, and we can have problems with our emotions like disinhibition, um, being depressed, having anxiety, and irritability. For those of you who are listening who haven't had a brain injury, um, insomnia can cause all of those symptoms all by itself. So we know that there is a sleep epidemic in this country. We know that there's a brain injury epidemic in this country. And then unfortunately, a lot of people have um, had both in their lifetimes. What's really great about the sleep itself is that if you improve your sleep, and that is the root cause of these executive function or cognitive deficits and mood regulation problems, these things will all improve as your sleep improves. So all we have to do is fix your sleep and you're gonna notice an overall improvement in quality of life. And then you can continue to see your other types of therapists to work on any other brain injury related um, deficits. And that comes from Wickens et al. Um, from in 2016. And we saw this great presentation at the Brain Injury Alliance of Colorado um, back in October. And this woman presented on what's called CBTI or Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia. And it was fascinating to hear all of the treatment options out there that aren't just sleep hygiene. And we're going to talk about sleep hygiene is, but most of you who have trouble sleeping have been given all of the sleep hygiene recommendations. The reason that sleep is so important for all of us, but especially those of us with brain injuries, is that while we're sleeping and we're in those deeper phases of sleep, these little basically cleaning crews come out and they scoop up all the byproducts from the neurotransmitters that we used all day. So all day long, your brain is using currency to make transactions, to think, to move your left arm, to take you to the grocery store, 
all day long we're burning up currency called neurotransmitters and there's byproducts or there's leftover pieces. And so the cleaning crew has to be able to have time to come out and siphon off all these bad things in order for us to heal and move on with the next day. And that's why sleep is so important early on after your brain injury, right? And so this glymphatic system is what this is called. The glymphatic system in our brain is what brings around this little cleaning crew and it scoops everything up and it only happens when we're asleep. And, and there's a ton of great information out there about what the glymphatic system does and what it does while we're sleeping. But it's it's the key piece and why it's so important well, for us to sleep. So, oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, the glymphatic? G-L-Y? Glymphatic. G-L-Y-M-P-H-A-T-I-C. Okay. And this was recently discovered in our brain. It has to do with that cerebral spinal fluid. So it's a really key part of overall mind and body health, but especially when we add a brain injury on top of it. So long term, a lot of people you'll talk to, either who are just bad sleepers, if you will, or have had a brain injury, they'll talk about the pharmaceuticals that they take. So they take Ambien or they take this or they take that. And what's fascinating about this is that the research shows these medications long-term actually make sleeping more difficult. So the longer you take these sleep aids, even the over-counter ones like Tylenol sleep, that sort of thing, Tylenol PM, those actually make your sleeping problems worse in the long run. So now you're sitting here saying, okay, I have, my brain can't heal if I'm not sleeping. I'm not supposed to take sleep aids, but I'm objectively not sleeping. What the heck am I supposed to do, right? And that's why they have these research studies coming out that show cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT mixed with pharma in the short term, it gives us the best outcome. But long term, we do not want to be using pharmaceutical aids and we do not want to be using pharmaceutical aids in isolation without cognitive behavioral therapy for sleep. Um, sleep hygiene, what this woman was talking about at the BIAC, which was fascinating, um, is that sleep hygiene, which is what all of us as healthcare professionals use, is not actually helpful for these patients. So maybe your patient got concussed a week ago. Okay, give them a sleep hygiene talk because it's not. this isn't a chronic situation. But if you haven't been sleeping for the last year or you've never been a good sleeper your whole life sort of thing, that's a chronic case of insomnia. And things like sleep hygiene is actually detrimental because – Patients have already been told a hundred times, drink a warm cup of tea, take a bath, uh, have some melatonin, you know, don't use electronics before bed. And those are all really important things to do for our sleep, but that isn't going to fix chronic insomnia. And so patients get turned off by the medical profession and they don't seek out more treatment. So sleep hygiene is great early on to give patients, but once a patient has not been sleeping for three months, you can assume that they've already tried a warm bath. They, you know, they have a brain in their head. They've tried some of these calming techniques and it's not working for them. So what you need to do is you need to find a therapist, a counselor of some sort, a psychologist who has a board certification and they can be a member of something called the Society of Behavioral Sleep Medicine. So the Society of Behavioral Sleep Medicine is an organization with all of these people who are certified to treat these types of disorders. What's fascinating about them and is so different from most aspects of the medical field is that they are so desperate for more people to join that they want to make the training relatively easy for healthcare providers. So if there's not somebody part of this organization in your area, you can actually ask your PT or your OT or your chiropractor or your doctor or your counselor to go and get this training online to learn cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. So they're urging any type of healthcare practitioner, healthcare practitioners preferably, but healthcare practitioners to go online and to get the certification. So so the, everybody is acknowledging that this is a huge problem and how can we get this information out there correctly but the best and easiest way possible.
So there's an introductory online training course um, at a website called www.pesi.com. And so there's some online courses there. And there's also Dr. Greg Jacobs with the Harvard Medical School. And his website is cbtforinsomnia.com. And then there's a forward slash clinicians and another forward slash. So you can go to cbtforinsomnia.com and learn online from Dr. Jacobs. Or you can go to pesi.com and your provider can go ahead and get certified through there. Um, and then they can help you out and treat this epidemic. So we're going to talk about some of the easy take-homes that this provider educated us on in October. I want to disclaim that I am not a certified sleep therapist, um, but it is something I'm really interested in, and it's something that's easy enough to educate myself about. I do work with counselors um, in in the clinic who are able to complete this training um, with my patients. So when my patients go to psych therapy for EMDR and cognitive behavioral therapy, I can also ask them to tack on some CBT for insomnia, so it doesn't need to be a part of, of my bucket. Um, I also should disclaim here that I do not speak on behalf of my clinic while I'm on these podcasts, so I'd like to also put that out there. Um, so sleep training is uh, essentially your circadian rhythm, which is what tells us when to wake up and when to go to sleep, and it's regulated by our hormones. Your circadian rhythm will become off for a plethora of reasons. Maybe it's trauma, maybe it's psychological reasons, whatever it is. And we actually become, uh, we, we create negative psychological associations with our bed. And this is where it starts to sound a little bit hokey, but when you really talk to a patient who doesn't sleep, they'll kind of resonate with these thoughts. So what happens is, you know, if I go to yoga every day and I hate yoga, just talking about yoga makes me not not happy, right? So that's a negative association. I happen to like yoga, but though I just thought of that one. <laughs> so if I walk by my bed every day and my brain doesn't associate my bed with being sleepy, I actually might go into an arousal state. I might go into an awakened state because maybe I watch TV in my bed because I'm trying so desperately to fall asleep or maybe I'm on my phone in my bed because I'm trying to fall asleep. And so my body, without even thinking about it, subconsciously becomes in an arousal state just by being around the bed. So the number one thing that this woman talked about was that there is to be no awake activities in your bed whatsoever. So you're not allowed to watch TV. You're not allowed to read, even though it makes you tired. A lot of people will read to fall asleep, but you can't do that. You can't watch TV. You shouldn't be doing anything that isn't. You shouldn't be lounging in there. You should get up out of that bed if you're not sleeping. So that's the number one thing. Most of us already know that. The other key piece is that you shouldn't go to sleep until you are sleepy. So it's not I'm tired or I cognitively think I should go to bed now. You shouldn't go to sleep until your eyes are physically heavy, you're falling asleep. That's when you get in your bed, when you're first starting sleep cycle training. So if you're not tired, do not get in that bed. Even if it's 10 p.m. and you know you got to wake up at 6 tomorrow, it's not worth it because you're not helping reset the cycle. So you do something until you're sleepy. Then you go to bed as soon as you're tired, right, or as soon as you're sleepy. If you wake up in the middle of the night, which you will, if you're up for more than 15 to 20 minutes, you're supposed to get out of bed again. And then you go do something outside of your bed on the couch or wherever you'd like until you are physically sleepy again and then you go back to bed. And this feels, when you talk to patients about it, like, oh my God, I'm never going to sleep again. Like, this is crazy. If you get me out of bed all the time, I'm never going to sleep. But we should remember that we physiologically have to sleep. So we're not going to um, never sleep again. It's going to disrupt your life. They said on average it takes two weeks to break this cycle. So it's actually really fast. If you really behave yourself and you journal and you follow along with the restrictions, it can be a really quick change around. Even if you haven't slept in five years, they were saying that the average is about two weeks to break this cycle. So this is very effective training. And again, these are just the little tidbits I give and then I recommend someone follows up with a sleep therapist. 
So you're reframing your mind that the bed is only for very, very sleepy times and being asleep. Okay. You get up when you're not asleep, you go back in the bed and then your brain will reset itself. She also talked a lot about sleep efficiency training. And the um, crux of this is that sleep efficiency training is how long you're in bed versus how long you are asleep. But there's a lot of safety concerns that go along with sleep efficiency training because you can't recommend that a patient spends less than five hours a night in their bed. If you sleep for less than five hours a night, you are 11 times more likely to get in a motor vehicle accident. So this is a society safety issue as well as a personal safety issue. So again, this is why these therapists are really important, but you can practice some of these easy tidbits on your own, like not going to bed unless you're sleepy and not doing anything you're not supposed to do while you're in your bed, okay? Um, and then we have our little tips here. So the, the big piece I'll talk to my patients about or anybody that I talk to about sleep, is that as a society, we have a lot of anxiety about our sleep. Like we all think, and I've fallen victim to this, I'm staring at the clock and I'm like, oh my God, I'm never going to sleep again. This is horrible. I'm going to have such a bad day tomorrow. But again, all people will eventually sleep. You you physiologically cannot stay awake for a month straight without sleeping um, unless you are a very rare, rare person, right? But the average person cannot do that. So you'll die if you don't sleep. So not to make you anxious, but you physically are not dead as a person if you're listening to this podcast. So you are sleeping even if you're not aware of how much you're sleeping, right? Um, we all think that we're supposed to sleep for eight straight hours. So that's ingrained in us since we're little babies. You're supposed to go to bed. You're supposed to sleep like a dead person for eight hours. And then you're supposed to wake up and go on about your day. But we actually aren't even genetically wired to be able to do that. So back from the cavemen days, which we haven't genetically changed that much from, we were wired to wake up at sounds. We're wired to wake up when the bear comes. We're wired for to wake up with temperature changes throughout the night. So it is an unrealistic expectation that has been put on us that we should be able to sleep for eight hours straight. We aren't wired to do that. We aren't able to do that. It's an unrealistic goal that we all have ingrained in our memories and it makes us anxious and it makes us feel like we're failing at this whole sleep thing, right? What was also fascinating is that there was recently an Adam Ruins Everything episode, which is an incredible show if you've never watched it. It's fabulous. But Adam Ruins Everything just did a whole thing on sleep, which coincided with what this woman talked about at the Brain Injury Alliance, which was just really great for me. I was like, wow, we got to do a podcast on this. Um, but basically, people used to sleep in two different cycles in much shorter bursts. So we used to sleep for like four to six hours, wake up for a little bit, and go back to bed for four to six hours. But with the Industrial Revolution, we had to have jobs, right? So now as a society, we just said, we're just going to cram this eight-hour block of time, and that's when we're going to sleep. And we're all going to sleep at night, even though some of us are really wired to sleep during the day. And if you can't fit in this bucket, then you're just basically a failure. And so it's important for us to understand that, A, we can rewire our circadian rhythm. We can use light therapy. We can use cognitive behavioral therapy. We can use anti-anxiety treatments, right? We need to have realistic expectations that sleeping for eight hours straight is really not normal, and most of us are not able to do that. And we need to understand that we have to find a way for us to fit within society, but know that these restrictions are not what we're made to do, right? We used to have these two different sleeps, and now we only have time for the one sleep. So maybe you do need a 30-minute nap during the day or as long as you're sleeping at night. Or maybe you do need to alter your schedule. Or maybe what's best for you is to wake up at 8 instead of 6 and you need a job that starts at 9 or 10, right? So maybe you have to figure out some life things as well for your schedule that will work better for you. If you relax and you go to bed when you're sleepy and you only go to bed when you're sleepy, you will sleep eventually. 
um, and your brain will siphon off all these terrible toxins and your brain will get better, your mood will improve, your cognitive function will improve, your memory will improve, right? Um, and even if you have a big day tomorrow, there's no point in going to bed earlier because most of us can't just will ourselves to sleep. Um, remember that you have this hormonal cycle that is actually in charge. So it doesn't matter how much you think that you are in control of your body and your hormones. You're not. Um, and so that's why when we try to go to bed at 8 p.m. because we have a big day tomorrow, most of us don't end up sleeping. We just end up laying in bed and wishing that we were asleep. So don't even put yourself in that position. Go to bed at the same time relatively every night. Wake up at the same time relatively every morning, even when you're on holiday or it's a weekend. And just try to take the anxiety component out of it and try to take the pressure out of it because, again, you will sleep. You will get better. And if you can't sleep, if you're an insomniac, there's all kinds of therapy options out there for you. We gave you some really good resources um, to go online and to find somebody near you or have one of your favorite providers go online and learn some skills and help you out. Um, and then everybody should get sleep in because it's what's best for our brains. Oh, that's a great, that's a, definitely a great talk, Warren. Thank you. As I'm Nick. This is Nick again from Concussion Talk. Um, yeah, I, I know. I know definitely one person in my family could. You will use this information. Well, hopefully, we'll use it. Just listen to it at least. Um, and I know when I first had my brain injury, actually until probably I had my brain injury 15 years ago, until about say eight or not less than that, probably more like, geez, even six or five years ago, I was. Not sleeping hard, like I couldn't sleep anywhere near eight hours straight or even six hours straight. They just had a lot of trouble to sleep. But now, been, since about, oh, well, Joshi, that's probably more to do with my cancer than with my brain injury that I'm sleeping so well. But, um, yeah, I've noticed lately, I've, I've slept really well these past, past, well, I guess it's been, I, I say now because I don't think it's been like eight years or six years since that, but. Probably last two years, and I feel fairly good. I'm getting good sleep nowadays, but I was originally after my brain injury, I was getting very, very poor sleep. I was having trouble with it. So, how did you find yeah. your sleep? How did you find your sleep, born after your concussions? I've always been a terrible sleeper, oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, I go in waves. Like I go in waves. Like right after my brain injury, um, I had a really hard time sleeping. And those of us who can't sleep after a head injury tend to get better a little bit slower, which which makes sense now with what we know with the glymphatic system and everything. Um, but I've been trying ever since this talk in October. I've been really trying to work on my sleep hygiene. Not my sleep hygiene. We're not supposed to use that word, right? But I've been trying to follow some of um, these tidbits. Like when I do wake up in the middle of the night, I've been trying not to be anxious. Or like if I can't fall back asleep, maybe my husband's snoring or whatever. I'll change rooms. So like instead of just laying there, like just all hot and bothered and angry that he's snoring, like I'll, Is just, he a good <laughs> I'll just get up and I'll see a last snore. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, come on now. Nice, I'm with Scott. uh, I mean, I'll wear my earplugs and all that kind of, like, I try really hard, but I've been, ever since October, I've been trying to take out the, I try really hard. Like, I've been trying to let sleep be a little bit more natural. Um, I've been trying to work on, like, not doing, um, reading in the bed or whatever. I do still play Candy Crush to fall asleep. I know it's really (laughs) bad. Practice what you preach. Um, but it does actually, I do fall asleep doing that. Um, and then when I, when I wake up in the middle of the night, like it used to cause me that, like, 
that it used to cause me that anxiety. Oh my gosh, you know, um, tomorrow's gonna be horrible kind of thing. Like, why can't I just sleep like everybody else? And then ever since I heard that talk in October, and I and I saw that Adam ruins everything um, episode, I was like, Oh my goodness, there's nothing wrong with me. And it's fascinating how much patients just hearing there's nothing wrong with you and you're normal will cause them to have less anxiety and it will cause them to start to sleep better because we're so hyper-focused on what we're supposed to be doing or what we're supposed to be able to do and everyone else can do it but not me that once you know that you're normal it's like oh okay I woke up for 10 minutes I went back to sleep my life didn't end I feel pretty good tomorrow I can do that again you know kind of thing so this Adam ruins everything I don't even even know this this show it's on YouTube or it's one of your channels you have down there. Like what channel? Yeah, what channel it's is on, on like I think it's on True TV. I don't know. I DVR I it, so I don't it, really it. have to manage anything. I just you know, okay. I just have the thing. I'll, it automatically shows up the it. next day. I'll just search it online. Yeah, but but Find look it up. I mean, he talks about all kinds of really great things. It's really moderate. It's not really like in anybody's pocket sort of thing, which I really like preaching, about it. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, it's just sort of like in the facts in the middle, and it's a comedy. But they just did a whole one about mattresses and what you should or shouldn't spend on a mattress, and you know um, um, how sleep works and pharmaceuticals yeah. and stuff like that. So it was pretty cool. fascinating. Yeah, I, from, I know like from not, not pharmaceuticals, but I know like, I've read a lot. I, I still do. I read when I go to bed. I read I'm sorry? my. I read a lot when I go to bed. When I in bed, I just mm-hmm. my. That's what I do. I do or do crosswords, but I look at my iPad and read. Like I read the ebooks. But I should mm-hmm. probably stay out of the room to do that. I should... Yeah, like, but only if you have a problem. So if you're listening to this podcast and you read before you go to bed, but you sleep fine and you don't have any insomnia issues, then like God bless. Keep doing whatever you're doing. Yeah. Do whatever's yeah. working for you, right? Yeah. But for people like my, my mom might sleep an hour or two a night because we just tell her yeah. she's a completely insane human being. But, yeah. you know, she she really does have chronic insomnia. I mean, I bought her one of those little – um. It actually works when she's willing to use it, but it's a blue light that goes up on the ceiling and, and it expands and contracts with your breathing. And so it's oh, supposed yeah? to okay. – it essentially makes you not think about anything and it puts you into a trance and you fall asleep. And your mom's of. a big yogi too, isn't she? Yeah, she's a big yogi and, yeah. and all that kind of thing. Um, she teaches yoga, but she's just always – she's just a terrible little sleeper. And so I've been really preaching on her and driving her crazy about this cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. And so she's a little annoyed with me at the moment, but she wants to wait till after the holidays. She feels like she can't change her sleep cycle until after the holidays. Yeah, that's, <laughs> so, uh, so since October, I've been sending her annoying little messages. So if people in your life um, you think would benefit from this, just remember that it is really hard to change our habits, right? Like I need to eat more fruits and vegetables, and it is really hard to make myself make good choices. So people yeah. people might need to be pushed a little bit and they might need a little bit of assistance to make these better life choices, especially because the two weeks that they're going to go through this sleep cycle training is going to be a rough two weeks in their life. So they're going to need you there to support them and help make their lives a little easier. But ultimately, and this is what I, I tell Jan Jan, which is why I call my mom, um, <laughs> ultimately it's going to make Jan? her life better because if she's sleeping more – her health will be better, you know, aches and pains will be better, energy will be better, all sorts of things in life will get will improve if we can just fix this sleeping problem. But it's hard. It's really it's really hard to cause a change in your own behavior. That's the, that's the nature of who we are as humans and it's why the pharmaceutical company makes billions of dollars off of sleep aids because most of us don't want to put in the work. But if you do, it'll the research shows that the outcome will be really great for you. Oh, that's a great way to end this podcast. Yeah. I was going to mention nothing about Jam Jams. 
in Newfoundland, but uh, I'll leave that for another, for another time. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, thank you so much, Lauren, and well, it's your podcast, actually. I don't know, I'm thanking you. You should, you should be thanking me. <laughs> Thanks for having I'm your, me. I'm your guest. <laughs> Thanks for having me on again. And remember, um, you can find our website at phoenixconcussionrecovery.com. Phoenix like the bird or the place, concussionrecovery.com. You can follow me on Twitter. I haven't been very good about my presence on there lately, um, but at LZ Concussion. Nick does such a better job on his Twitter. He's at mm. Concussion Talk. Um, you can go on his website and find all of our past podcasts and all that kind of stuff. So we're easy enough to track down. Um, so just stay informed and stay positive and just know that there's treatments out there for everything. So if you're struggling with something, um, you can always send us a topic that you want us to cover, uh, which I don't think we've ever asked you guys to do that before, but it would be great if you sent us a topic that you wanted us to cover. And, on um, Twitter, Pies, you would do it? Yeah. On Twitter, is you a you for that? Yeah, you could send it to us on Twitter. I mean, you have your whole Facebook page, right? You've yep. got your Concussion yep. Talk Facebook um, page. On my Facebook page, too. Yeah. Great. So just send us some recommendations and have a happy Christmas if you celebrate and have a happy New Year because you don't have any choice. You definitely celebrate 2019. So good, <laughs> good luck to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lord, uh, Lauren. And, uh, yes, I repeat all your wishes. That's a good idea. Yes, Check it. Please let us know, and let Lauren know any issues. She's the physiotherapist. She's the more te technically brain injury. Technically, you don't know what I'm trying to say here. Not technically inclined, because that implies that I'm. I know I'm doing computer wise, but I mean, <laughs> physically therapy. Let's therapy wise. Let's say that. Physical therapy. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I mean, I'm, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, have a good one. Okay, you too. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. And please contact Lauren or I on Twitter or Facebook with any suggestions you have for shows or any thoughts you may have on past shows. As always, music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound, www.bensound.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.